Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of? It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all the pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. Last week was a bit of a long con, or last episode was a bit of a long con because it took uh, a five-year-old recommendation. And this one's a bit (laughs) of a short con because this is a movie that came out a couple months ago. Uh, This week we're talking about Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. And it's my pick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but before we do that, I have a spotlight that I'm going to share. I kept thinking about which one to do. And so, like, it's more of like, okay, so I moved. I am now in a different location <laughs> than I was before. And it's very exciting. And also that means my audio may sound a bit different. You may hear more noises because just the, the way the setup is. But it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but, like, I was trying to think of a spotlight, and the biggest thing was is that that excitement of having a new place and the opportunities of, like, what it could become is very oh exciting. Oh, God. It's so thrilling. Right? It's like, I have everything in here, but, like, I don't have things on the wall yet, and I could rearrange some furniture, and it's like... You get to arrange your fridge? Oh, my God, Emma. I, yeah, I just gave Emma a quick tour of my place, and... Um, I was like, look at all my drinks and jams that have their own spot, and it's so exciting. Um, so yeah, my spotlight's kind of just like that excitement. Yeah, it was like so stressful to do, but like going over that hump and now just being like, ah, okay, we could do this. Also, my other spotlight, it's kind of like, by the time this comes out, it's not going to be as relevant, but... Um, I'm very excited for the new BTS song Butters coming out soon. <laughs> By the time this is coming out, I don't remember. I believe actually. it's the 21st, and this doesn't okay. get released for like the 25th. Yeah, so I'm not. <laughs> it's gonna be after, but I'm really enjoying the comebacks. And if you are not uh, fall, if you do not follow um, K-pop comebacks, I mean. I'm sure you know about it, even if you don't follow it, because it kind of follows you in a way. And (laughs) um, they start, like, releasing, like, teaser videos and teaser photos and photo shoots and concepts. And it's just very exciting to see the fandom come together and kind of swap theories and excitement for it. And it's been a while since it's been like this. So it's, it's just a very exciting time, especially when it's, like, it's all, it's summer's coming up. I'm excited for a new bop to listen to in my car. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like, not really like a specific um, spot. But it's a new thing. season. It's a new yeah. beginning. New it's beginnings. the age of Jenny. It's yes. the summer of Jenny. Yes, exactly. And I'm wearing like my summery shirt as well. But also because of what we're going to talk about today. And speaking like, of summer and new yeah. beginnings and finding yourself, yes. we're going to talk about Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, which was released this past February. Um, this is my pick. Jenny, had you heard of it before? I recommend Before I furiously texted you while I was watching it for the first time for how I needed you to see this movie immediately. <laughs> I had no idea about it until... Well, actually, I think that might be false. I feel like I may have seen... Was this ever a trailer in front of a movie at the theater? Like, was it supposed yes. to be released Yes, so this before? movie was supposed to come out um, last... It was supposed to come out last summer, uh, or like last spring, actually, and then was, of course, delayed because of the nature of things. And so presumably there were oh. trailers that I, played I feel in like, front of actual films. I feel like you like you were telling me about it, and then when I looked it up and I saw the trailers, like I feel like I might have seen it in front of a, a film at the movie when I used to go to the movie at least weekly. 
So um, I think that is my only understanding of the film. But also, like, when that was released, it was like a teaser and you knew nothing about the film. So The teasers for this movie are all super vague. Like, one of them is <laughs> yeah. done in the style of Stranger Things. They're all done in the style of horror movies and spy thrillers. This movie, it does not really give you ever an accurate picture of what this movie is no. about. Because I think this movie is also just very a very specific tone that makes it somewhat difficult to categorize. True, 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 true. But yeah, I didn't hear anything about it really until you're like, ah, you're like, Jenny, you need to watch this, but like, don't pay for it. Um, wait until it goes to streaming. I was like, okay. I know because I, I, I happily shelled out the 20 bucks to watch this on, you know, premium home rental because I just, I saw it and thought, oh, this looks really fun. And then my corner of like film internet, everyone was talking about how much joy this movie had brought them mm. and it was february and i was like you know what i really need to pick me up i'm just <laughs> gonna shell out the cash and you know you have 48 hours to watch your rental i think i watched this movie three times and i just would go and Damn. rewatch my favorite scenes oh. i was really determined to get my money's worth and also it made me laugh so hard um which is why I was so intent on Jenny seeing this, and I was so excited to see it being put on Crave, which did mean that, I think we've mentioned this before, we do have a warning system in place if someone does not enjoy a movie to set the tone for the episode. So yeah. I cannot, I'm realizing, ever actually, after 10 years of friendship, accurately peg something you're going to love. Because I feel like whenever I bring a movie like Jim and the Holograms or you know, our very first episode, John Carter, Movies that I know aren't good by other people's standards, but I enjoy. I'm ready for you to not like those. Yeah. I wasn't ready for you to not like this. Ah, uh, I think if you would have shown this to young Jenny, Jenny would love this. Mm -hmm. Because this movie reminds me a lot. In some aspects of it, it reminds me of a lot of the Austin Power movies. <laughs> And yeah. as Eva knows, those were a huge part of my childhood. And then I re, and she's never seen them. And I rewatched the first one a couple months ago. And I was like, oh, I'll see if I'll bring it to the podcast. And I was just like mad at it. And I was like, I don't, I don't find it funny. And I don't, this is just overly like sexualized. And like, I was like, I don't like it. And so when I was watching this, I also want to put, like, the disclaimer of, like, I watched this when I was homesick. <laughs> and I also feel like I just wasn't in the mood. Like, I, I, will, I will say I enjoyed probably two-thirds of the context okay. of the film. One-third just kept throwing me off. And... I kept seeing potential of what this film could be and the parts that I liked, I really liked. And the parts I didn't just was like, it kept disappointing me and being like, ah, oh, I was like, if this wasn't in here, like I would have really enjoyed it way more. Okay. I, yeah. I, I have like a couple things that do stick out for me, but from overall the power of the rest of the material makes the movie work for me. Okay. But as we go through it, it'll be interesting to see where we a line yes um, and i did because i did message you because i i watched it like uh what today is so i watched it like five days ago and it's usually this thing with me is like when i first watched i'm like okay like i was like okay and then like i was i was planning to rewatch it and i have it but just me like rethinking about it made me be like okay i didn't 
I actually liked it more than I thought I did. So that my initial mm-hmm. text to you, like, it has grown on me. And that's usually mm-hmm. why I watch the things you recommend, like, far in advance to really let, let it percolate in my brain, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, yeah, and so my first reaction, so I texted you to see if you'd watched it yet, and you gave me the heads up that y- you wanted to love it, and it did not sing yeah. to you in the way that it, it hits my heart. <laughs> um, but I, and at first I just thought, well, okay then. <laughs> Uh, but then I thought it'd been a while since we disagreed about something, so I'm ready to really lean into that okay. and just go through it and see what happens. Because differing opinions, stronger friendship makes. I think it's uh, also because the last thing we watched was Teen Beach Movie 2, mm-hmm. and we both like synced a lot. I feel like we're, we're going to still be in sync for some of it, mm-hmm. for sure, but there's... I'm afraid I will not be able to match your enthusiasm. That's okay. And so what I'm not taking my usual, this is why you're wrong. Let me convince you tactic. I'm just going to say, here's what works for me. And I'm just going to make you witness my enthusiasm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So we're talking about Barb and Starco to Vista Del Mar directed by Josh Greenbaum, who I forgot to look up literally anything else he'd ever done. So presumably he's made other movies. I don't know what they are. Um, but I think the heart and soul of this movie, it comes from Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, who both star in it as the titular Barb and Star. Uh, and they also wrote the screenplay and it is a follow-up. It is their first feature screenplay that they've written together since they were nominated for an Oscar since Bride for Bridesmaids. Um... I didn't know both of them did Bridesmaids. Both, yeah, so Annie Mumolo, I think, has a cameo in Bridesmaids. She's one of the passengers on the plane when Kristen Wiig is having a meltdown, but they wrote it together. They've been friends wow. and, like, creative partners and co-writers for years. They've, like, came up doing improv and Groundlings, which is a well-known improv yeah. group together, yeah. um, and then wrote Bridesmaids, and then wrote this as a follow-up. Oh, and, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, And so I was looking up a little bit about the production history. Uh, I think fairly standard movie. But the one fun fact that I found that I wanted to share with you is that this movie was originally supposed to be filmed in Atlanta uh, in, I believe, the summer of 2019. Uh, But then the production was eventually moved to uh, Mexico and New Mexico and Cancun and Puerto Vallarta uh, because it was a response to, I don't know if you remember this, when uh, Georgia House Bill 481 was passed which was a pro-life bill uh, denying people access to abortion services if a fetal heartbeat, as soon as a fetal heartbeat was detected, which typically happens at six weeks, which gives you, if you're pregnant and want an abortion, about a week and a half after you miss a period to decide that, which is not a lot of time. No. Um, And so the bill did pass. It was never actually put into effect, and it was, in fact, declared unconstitutional in july so it is off the table but at the time of this happening so many things are filmed in atlanta every marvel production is filmed in atlanta there's so many tax oh yeah everything's in atlanta there's tons of tax credits the walking dead stranger things uh teenage bounty hunters is another one that i've been into recently lots of things film in in atlanta uh, mm. And then a lot of places boycotted it and said, if this bill passes, we are not going to film there. And Barb and Star was one of them, which is why they moved production to right. Mexico. And so that's my that's my production note about Barb and Star. What? Uh, yeah. And so the movie is about two best friends in their mid-40s, Barb and Star, uh, who live in, I believe, Nebraska. And they decide to take a holiday and recover their shimmer. 
They are so adorable. Just like their dynamics. I, I could just watch them talk for hours. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like their accents are adorable, but also it's just them like riffing off of each other and just talking. And then like, it starts with them. You think they're in like a living room and they're actually just at like a shop they work at. Like, this is our, this is our couch. And it's just, you can tell the amount of, history that these two have and that their friendship is legit you know because barb and star are so funny like everything they say is a joke and i was reading uh one interview with Kristen wig and annie mumolo saying it was really difficult for them to make sure that they were you know landing all of these jokes just like non-stop punchlines but then also making sure to put in moments that were really grounded in their friendship. So even if it was a joke, you had to understand that they really are best friends and have been best friends for decades and that they care about each other. And so the movie still has emotional stakes, even while extremely surreal things are happening. Yeah, they really do a good balance of joking with each other, but then also like it's it's jokes for us and they know they're doing jokes, but it's like they've been with each other for so long that it's just who they are. I think, okay, I'm going to suggest we do an activity. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I was going to say this reminds me of something, and I was like, wait, maybe, maybe people don't know what this is, so we can try it. We won't have to try until we succeed. Basically, what they remind me of is an extended game of the road trip game you taught me, where you count down from three and try to say the same thing. <gasps> oh my god, remember when Can we, we just did try that? doing that right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just say the first thing that comes to our mind yeah okay yeah. do you want me to count down because that's what i do okay yeah sounds good okay. three two one beans star, <laughs> star beans okay okay star star okay. beans okay what star beans star beans do you have another star do beans. you have another word oh yeah okay <laughs> three, three. Two, Two, one, one cockroach. Dang it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because there's stars, they go, oh, beans. Okay. Oh, so okay. What, what did you say again? I said coffee because I was like, Starbucks, coffee beans. Okay. But now we can't say beans. Now we said coffee and macros. So we can't say okay. go back to beans. Okay. That Just be okay. forget, forget. Okay. 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 Three, Three two, two, one, juice. juice. Oh! Okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. There you go. Okay, we did it. Okay. We did it. Okay. Yay. Okay. All right. So that's, know, back that's, to our- that's that game. And that's what Barb and Star are doing, but much more efficiently than we ever could. Um, <laughs> and just talking about like how immediately this movie sets up. Also, this movie has perfect musical cues. Um, so yes. you you meet Barb and Star while Shania Twain is playing. Um, Their score and soundtrack is so amazing throughout this entire thing. Not only like whoever got hired to get the already like copyright music but also the ones who made the original music the original track what (laughs) this is amazing um but one thing i really like that i'm just gonna like drop of a i don't remember the full quote but 
so as Jane said, they're sitting on this couch, and you, it's revealed that they're not even at their home. They work at a furniture store, and someone comes up and wants to buy the couch, and Barb and Star are very concerned because this is their favorite couch in the store. So they're chatting, and they stand up, and they're having a little aside, and they say, you know, so much has happened on this couch. This couch is where you, you told me you were worried you were addicted to caramel squares, and this couch is where you told me that my husband was having an affair. I'm so glad you told me that. A lot of friends wouldn't, and it's just, oh, you're like, oh, okay, now I know this about Barb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really... I always thought that if you want, really want to know about a person, talk to their friends because they're the people who actually know you the most and will be like, Hey, like, I feel like if someone, if I get, if someone's like, Hey, like I want a synopsis of you, I'll be like, okay, Emma, just go at her. <laughs> you probably remember more. Just, this is who I am as a person. And they're just this entire movie. I think maybe one of the reasons why it made me mad mm-hmm. is because it made me really want to go on vacation with you. And it made <laughs> me so mad that we can't do that right now. But the like, I, no joke, like five times I wrote down, oh God, now I miss Emma again. <laughs> like, I know, so the rude. tagline for this movie is the friendship we all want, the vacation we all need. And I just want to be, the fact that they go to Florida. To Florida. I know. And I just want to rock up. I want to get a matching seashell bracelet with you. I want to get a seashell phone case. I want to do sand art. I want to get caricatures where we're talking too fast for the caricature (laughs) artist to do anything about it. I want to have matching culottes. I love a culotte. Okay, can you please explain to me exactly again what... Is that just like flowy pants? Yeah, like it's cropped, really wide-legged flowy pants. Which are apparently oh, yeah. a thing that middle-aged women wear. I first heard about them in an Archie 3000 story, which is Archie set in the year 3000 when Betty really wants to buy a pair of pants called Cosmic Culottes. So I always Ooh. thought culottes were a really hip thing. Apparently they're for middle-aged <laughs> women. That hasn't stopped me from owning multiple pairs. <gasps> Fun! Um, culottes are a very pivotal plot point in this film, actually. Um, yes, yes. Which is something else I really like about this movie, is that these women are very middle-aged and they're not stylish middle-aged and how they behave and how they dress is a joke but not at their expense it's just this is who they are and that's funny because they're so much but they're not it's not making fun of them and i cannot believe this movie balances that as well as it does they are unapologetically themselves yeah and there's nothing more endearing and entertaining as someone who is themselves Mm -hmm. because you you see that they like live together at that moment i was like wait are they actually a couple and i was confused i was like oh okay they were like they were best friends and both of their husbands like one left them and one died and then um so now they live together and i'm like that's adorable Mm -hmm. and but it's them like really they don't need to pretend to be anyone else because they already found that person that is like sees them as their true form Mm -hmm. and they're just like we don't need to be this whole thing. And that's also kind of a plot point is that what if one of them wants to be selfish or one of them wants to do something else? And it's like, oh, no, this dynamic, what will happen? Exactly. I saw one tweet the weekend this came out and it was someone saying, I haven't watched Barb and Star yet, but I have a sneaking suspicion that at the end of the movie, the moral is going to be Barb and Star are just fine where they are, and they realize they need to go back to who they are. And I like that this movie 
isn't that. And it's not that Mm. they have to change everything about themselves, but it's that they realize, you know, we're in our 40s. We're allowed to still want things. Yeah. And that can mean we do things apart sometimes, but we're still excited to tell each other about it. That means we can do different things. It means we can keep secrets sometimes. Um, And, you know, they're going to go back to Nebraska, but having had this wonderful vacation. Yeah, so... They, Barb and Star are, are fired from their, their wonderful furniture, sto- furniture store jobs at Jennifer Convertible's Sofa Bed Warehouse. I love it. <laughs> and then immediately run into a friend who's just come back from this wonderful holiday at Vista Del Mar. And she says, I'm going to drop off a brochure. Um, and it's a really you know, serious little discussion between the two of them about, you know, Barb saying, do you ever just catch me staring at the carpet? <laughs> And her revealing, you know, she wants to do other things. And they think, well, we've done lots of things and telling all these stories about what they used to do when they were teenagers or in their 20s yeah. and realizing they don't have any stories from now, which I think is a really nice thing to say. You can be happy with who you are. And that doesn't mean you have to stay the same. And I love when um, I think out of the two of them, Barb is probably my favorite because I feel like I kind of am Barb. Um when I'm, like, kind of scared of everything, but then I'm, like, slowly being like, no, I want to do things. It'll be fun. Everything will be great. And I love when she's like, I don't I don't want to fade away. And I'm like, oh, precious. Yeah. Oh, no. I also think I'm attached to her because, like, they all have this, like, middle-aged, like, frizzy hair. And hers kind of looks like my mom's Aww. sometimes. <laughs> like, Barb. <laughs> oh. uh. Yeah. And so they go on vacation, and there's musical numbers. Okay, before. Okay. I, one, the, probably the funniest thing for me was when they're on the plane, and they're talking about Trish. <laughs> and they just, like, make up this completely different world about a person named Trish. Like, yes, Trish is such a great person. And then they're like, oh, God. And then the person dies. I'm like, oh, my God. What is happening? This it's is so, so good. One other joke is I, I love the whole plane scene because it just cuts to them on the plane in the air. And Barb leans over into the aisle and says, I apologize for screaming right when we took off, which is so funny to me because I just picture her being like, ah. Um, <laughs> anyways. Also, I, it seems like such a fun film to work on yes and just like with the cast and the crew and it looks like everyone was having a good time which is always nice oh exactly i know i talk about all the time about why that makes me like with hansel and gretel witch hunters that is a movie where i enjoy because i think everyone had a really banging time making it and you just you can feel that energy i will have one other trivia fun fact which is when they're on the airplane, Star pulls up a magazine. She's so excited because there's a free airplane magazine and she's going to read an interview with Don Cheadle. And they actually yeah. called Don Cheadle to be like, is it okay if we make a joke about mispronouncing your name? And he was like, yes, thank you for asking, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's good. I know, that's I thought that was very nice. Um, oh, it's then... just, I think that scene just really represents like intense friendship of mm-hmm. like oh like just trish and then you just the entire flight is i'll be like oh yeah but trish is like such a nice person she does this and this and like she lost oh, yeah, an ear in a tornado she's a storm chaser she has a difficult relationship yeah. with her mother <laughs> yeah and it's i just love that ability and friendships to just make up a world yes and just just go with it exactly and i think 
that is the magic of being on an airplane. When I'm traveling alone on an airplane, I'm headphones on immediately. I've got my, you know, my yeah. my movies, my books, what have you. If I am traveling with one other person, I do not shut up the entire time I am on a plane. I will just talk through the entire flight because I'm always so excited to be traveling. You're not even talking about the trip. Yes. You're just talking about other things because you're so excited. Yeah. Then I get to Florida and it's all beautiful and magical and so fun. And then they're like, oh, you're at the wrong hotel. But they ended up at the right hotel eventually and it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's that magical. I know Florida has its troubles 100%. <laughs> but like. Man, to be a vacationer in Florida, the though, tourist part of Florida, the tourist can part of be it, built. beat <laughs> man. I think they represent it exactly the way I envision it. It's like so colorful. You get a shuttle and directly like, to your hotel. Oh hell yeah, a themed shuttle. Damn. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. And then we okay. So okay, actually, happening. wait before before we get in because I can tell where you're shifting. Actually, while we're talking about yes, there's there's a musical number that introduces them to the hotel. There's a beautiful hotel. There's an ugly hotel. There's the world of Vista Del Mar. So I just want to give a quick shout out to the production team, Ooh, um, yeah. because the production designer is a man named Steve Sacklad, who uh, did the also did the production design for the Muppets uh, movie oh. that came out in 2011 beloved Ooh. and for juno yeah uh and then <laughs> interesting mix exactly he's also doing an upcoming adaptation of are you there god it's me margaret by judy bloom which i have never actually read but i am aware of its presence in the culture uh the set decorator is a woman named mariana castaneda this is her only her second ever feature film credit and this is her first english language film uh and then tracy gigi field who's the costume designer who also did the movie the to-do list with aubrey plaza uh that i really enjoy and then also did the tv show dead to me on netflix cool so you know it's yeah, they did such a good job i know they create a beautiful world we just talked about how much we love barb and star's hair and their clothes and then the hotel so i just wanted to give them a shout out yeah it really has a fun vibe and the not only like the interior like set design but the exterior where they shot things as well like mm-hmm. was just fun and you could you could really feel that energy and this movie really made like ugh, i just want to go on a vacation but i don't at the same time because i'm too scared to right now obviously but hey hey you got my text i I'm got your text in two weeks hell yeah Ooh, it's happening. first shot but still it's happening first it's happening shot. folks um anywho i love that energy of like the first you were there and you just want to go to all the shops and see all the things and get these things. Look, this is cool. Like, oh, look, it's like a conch shell, like for your phone. It's like, but you don't have like a, you don't have a cell phone. It's okay. I'm going to take it home and glue it to the landline. Yeah. And it's just, they're just having the best time. Like we got to go do this. You're like, oh, wait, stop. No. Well, look at this. Ooh, it's made out of shells. Like, I just love that energy. There's so so many punny restaurant and store names on all of the boardwalk scenes, too. Barb gets a... I'm doing the Barb voice. (laughs) Barb gets a... Gets a bay leaf necklace from Bay Leaf It or Not. (laughs) So funny. It's so witty. And, like, was this all scripted? Was a lot of it improvised? I don't know the extent because there's a ton of comedy people in here but i feel like actually there was probably definitely a level of 
of improvisation, but I feel like a lot of it was scripted. It's just that the people who wrote it are those people saying it, so it feels very organic because they wrote it for uh. themselves to say. Like, I could definitely see, like, right before the sh- like, okay, they're like, action, and then Kristen Wiig just randomly, like, just leans over and says, oh, sorry about screaming, <laughs> and then, like, goes back, and it's like... <laughs> I, I have one moment that I know for sure is improvised, um, and it has to do with Edgar, which brings us to the second plot of this film. Yes. Do you want to go for it? I, I couldn't if I tried. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so this movie hits a weird, very 50s, what they're pastiching in Teen Beach and Teen Beach yes. 2 of an evil scientist using a, you know, mega ray to destroy a beach. It is just the plot of Teen Beach movie, or Wet Side Story yeah. more specifically. Um, but you have a villain, Sharon, also played by Kristen Wiig, uh, who is a supervillain who hates the town of Vista Del Mar because she has very, very pale skin and was bullied as a child and has decided she wants to destroy the town. So she's created a bunch, a swarm of evil, poisonous mosquitoes that she's going to use a microchip delivered by Edgar, played by a very good Jamie Dornan. Um, and Edgar is in love with Sharon, and she is really not into him at all, but he's doing this all. He's her lackey in the hopes of one day becoming an official couple. Uh, and so Sharon sends Edgar to Vista Del Mar to deliver the microchip and destroy, help her destroy the town. A truly bananas plot. There is an underground lair. There is a tiny boy who is also her evil lackey. There is uh, an orchestra. (laughs) Yo, yo. I love that little boy. We've been (laughs) playing hide and seek and I haven't seen him since last night. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this is the parts that it's like, it's very Austin Powers because Kirsten Wig plays both characters and like that same in Austin Powers, like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers is both Mike Myers. So that's why I was like, this is very Austin Powers-y. I knew that, but for some reason, my brain is just processing that information now. He played... (laughs) I didn't realize until I think right now that Austin... Or not Austin Powers, that Mike Myers plays the hero and the villain in the Austin Powers movies. I I knew that, but I didn't continue. But you also haven't seen it, so it's fine. Um, And then also, like... Dr. Eva has, like, Little B, but, like, in this one, like, the evil person has Yo-Yo, who's, like, a small child. Mm-hmm. They have, like, a random layer. So do they. Eventually, Yo-Yo is in, like, a submarine thing. It reminds me of Dr. Evil eventually has, like, this submarine thing. And I think this is where it kept losing me every single time we went to this plot. Like, parts of it was fine, and there's parts of, like, ridiculousness that I can get down with. Like, this... This weird puns and like the dynamic of Barb and Star. I was like, hell yeah, this is, I'm all for it. And like when the villain was introduced, I was like, okay, this is kind of odd, but okay, I'll go with it. Like, okay, like I could see how it goes. But then once they started talking about like their backstory. Yes. Okay. And like I was like, oh, I, that's where it's like, it completely lost me. And I was like, I, it was like slightly too long. And I was like, I don't, you're losing me now. And I'm like, Oh, well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, My note is, I don't care about Sharon or Edgar's backstory at all. And the film doesn't really either. Like, even, like, Edgar's telling his tragic backstory, and the joke is that Barb and Star aren't paying attention to him. And Sharon is telling her backstory, and the whole thing is that it's ridiculous. And I don't really care about it. And it does just go on too long. You find out her... It's just... It feels weird and out of it feels very like it just doesn't quite it doesn't connect the land but when you 
when you brought up like for the first for Teen Beach movie, mm-hmm. it's very similar to that when they talk about like the evil scientist mm-hmm. in the um lighthouse yeah. it's kind of like okay that seems off but like in that context it's like oh but because it's a weird movie and it doesn't make sense but this it's like part of it this I is would the much movie ra- i would much rather prefer that part of it not being involved at all in the film and that's why i said in the beginning it was like there's some missed opportunities i think that if that plot point wasn't in it at all and it was like edgar was just there as just some random guy and he had some reason to be there but it didn't have to be that i felt like it would have been more enjoyable to me to see like just two friends who are like on a vacation for the first time middle age having the best time of their lives and they go through shenanigans and so every time they brought up this whole side plot i was like upset (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah like this is this is the thing i was like i feel if if this is the thing she doesn't like i can i can vibe with it if you had told me you hated the musical numbers i would have been devastated (laughs) oh no no but i know yeah. yeah. So it's th- because like this is one of the things that like was moving the plot forward in a way, but in a way that I'm like this could have happened without the plot going mm-hmm. forward. Um like there was some elements that were hilarious like when she got like the second agent to come in, he kept like messing up and telling his like personal ID number and address. He's like god, and he was like so bad at it. That was like really funny. I was like that was great. But like I would have preferred it with like even if we knew that he was a spy for something. I didn't need that whole, like, I don't know. It just felt, they kind of teeter on like realism and like being out of this worldly and like being strange. And they usually do a good balance of it. But when those scenes happen, it teetered too much of the, I'm being taken out of this film of like two people who are friends and enjoying themselves and discovering themselves. It kind of like took me away from that so that's why i kept being like ah like it wasn't there i understand why because it's kind of this weird balance between the two and you need like a plot to stretch this into a feature one thing i think and i wish i thought of this before so i could have thought of some alternatives i think it would have worked better as well if it actually wasn't Kristen wig playing the villain either because when you have something like austin powers it's like he's austin powers but this is barb and star there are two main characters so to have Kristen wig play this other character i think yeah. also unbalances it in a way and so i don't know who you could bring in to play that role but i think there are so many great women like in you watch this movie and there's people whose names I don't know, but I recognize them because they all exist like in yes. this kind of, these kinds of comedies. And so, and, oh my God. Yes. Phyllis from the office is here. <laughs> Vanessa Bayer and her beautiful large smile are here. Uh, yeah. Wendy McKevin lovey mclondon covey i can never pronounce her name correctly but like, anyways lots of great actresses so i think if you'd had someone else play the villain it would have worked for me better um i agree and then if you're going into the backstory there's just too much of it um you can yeah. just have this villain I, I i think the villain plot should stay because it it adds this weird mm-hmm. movie within a movie quality for it for me um, but instead of having this whole backstory of I was born here and then I moved to Vista Del Mar and then I made one friend and then this friend got eaten by alligators and then I didn't make more friends and then this happened. I think if you just said I grew up in Vista Del Mar and I hated living there, that's all I need to know. <laughs> like, I don't need this backstory. Like, like, or even if e- she's just a villain. <laughs> even like the whole idea of like these kill the mosquitoes, I'm like, okay, but mosquitoes don't die after they suck your blood. So they'll, it's not like after the one incident, it'll just be done. They're continue like, this is an issue. Like, this I is have some questions about the scientific process <laughs> behind this plan. 
And also, poor scientists. This happens in all the films when they're like, we're going to do a thing to help with this, right? This is a good thing, right? And he's like, now you're dead. It's like, oh, no. Oh, no, poor sir. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. But Jamie Dornan, what did you think of Jamie Dornan's performance in this film? I think it got a lot of attention, and I saw a lot of people talking about he was the best part of this film. I don't think he's the best part of this film, because the best part are Barb and Star. I think everyone watching it was just so overjoyed to see Jamie Dornan having fun and not playing a serial killer. (laughs) I feel like I've only seen him in one thing. when he. What is he in when he's in a washroom and he's about to fight someone? What film was that? In a washroom? I feel like he's in a washroom and he's like about to punch someone. Um, I you might be thinking of Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible Six, which I haven't made you watch it, but I have probably made you watch the scene where he's That's in a washroom. Thank yeah, he's the Thank you. huntsman. <laughs> I un- I understand you. <laughs> he's the huntsman in Once Upon a Time. Oh, which oh. back in 2012, I tried getting into Once Upon a Time and then he died and he wasn't even my favorite character, but I got so mad that I stopped watching until then, you know, two years later, I realized Sebastian Stan had been in Once Upon a Time and then I tried to get back into it mostly Yeah, so I, besides Once Upon a Time, thank you for transporting me back. I didn't even, like, I haven't seen him in anything then besides Once Upon a Time. So I thought his performance was good. Definitely Barb and Star are the best people in this exactly. film, just their dynamic, but... I thought he did a really good job. I thought he had really good comedic timing and um, his like internal conflict of what to do. I just want to be like, an he... official couple. And he just wants her to love him. And then it's great when they both go on their secret dates with him. And <laughs> it's the exact same thing. And he's just along for the ride. But I love, like, he did such a good job of, like, even though it was the exact same scenes and he almost was acting the exact same the whole time, you could tell just like the way he looked at Star that he felt different about her. And I was like, it's so subtle, but I was like, that was a good, good job. I thought he did a good job. Yes. I know. It's really cute. And he just is so smitten with Kristen Wiig and loves her hair and her culottes and thinks she's so great. Uh, He's also, Jamie Dorn's also most notably known for starring in the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy and in a TV show called The Fall where he plays a really creepy Irish serial killer. Um, So I'm happy that you've missed those, those entries to the Jamie Dorn I have not seen either of those. But also, maybe that's why they made the, like, it's an inner joke of why he likes her is because it is the same person as the woman he's in love with because they're played Ah, by the same person. Ah, true, true. Okay, I want to talk about one of my favorite scenes in this whole movie and what I think is one of the funniest things I have ever witnessed in my entire life. Okay, okay. Which is they meet Edgar. The whole setup to this is perfect. Because he's sitting at the bar, he's just by oh. himself, he says he's in room 611, and they say, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, that's such a coincidence, we're in room 218, or whatever the number is, and he just is so confused by them, but is also hypnotized by their their dangly earrings and their bright yeah. smiles where he cannot turn away from them, and so they get the most ostentatious fishbowl cocktail i've ever seen yes um and they are told by the bartender that if they finish this cocktail there will be a surprise at the bottom but it's the it's got two skull and crossbones next to it on the menu and no one's ever finished it before and the bartender turns around and they're done 
which is yeah. like that is the nature of fishbowl cocktails um mm, and yeah. their surprise is party drugs <laughs> which leads to a transition of cheeseburger in paradise by jimmy buffett fading into a dance remix of my heart will go on so good and i love it I wish this remix was longer. I watched this movie actually about a week after we recorded our Celine Dion A New Day Live in Las Vegas episode. So I was in a real Celine state of mind when it happened. And I feel like this song is going to be on my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year as the most listened to because it's only a minute long. So I just put it on repeat and bumped to it while I'm cleaning my kitchen all the time. And you put it on one of our playlists too. Yes, my dance playlist because it rocks. Because I remember you saying, like, this... One of the things you mentioned about it was, like, this... The soundtrack Mm -hmm. is a bop. And, yeah, this, like, montage of them, like, all of a sudden they're on a beach and he's playing, like, the saxophone. (laughs) And it's so... Is it the saxophone? Yes! Okay. (laughs) And it's just such a fun time. And it's... Really represents, like certain types of vacations when it's just like let's do this thing also but also like you should put on the menu that it's a party drug you can't just, just <laughs> <laughs> i know it's so good where it's well did you find the little container full of syrup yeah we all had the syrup did you find the little box with the three pills i took a pill i took a pill i took a pill that's your treasure <laughs> and this brew oh, like no i am um, it's so interesting if someone asked me like oh describe this movie i'd be like this movie has everything it has lies it has sex it has drugs and has crime and then all is that a lie no, no it's not a lie but it's like it doesn't feel like it fits <laughs> but it does it's so good i know imtv also does this thing where users can submit parental warnings <laughs> oh okay. and i was slipping through it and people were like this movie is great fun there are a lot of sexual and group sex references and i was like i mean also true not what you would expect from yeah. barb and star going to fistle del mar but they have a they have a good party night with edgar and then yeah but he's just and you know star thinks that maybe she's gonna be into him but you know she knows her great love is her husband ron quicksilver who died in a horrible black friday accident um and she just wants to be his friend and edgar's fine with that because he's just so taken with barb yeah and you see them both go through this internal crisis when they're like having a great time and they're like no but my friend like i left her alone i can't do this yeah and then but they both do that, but then Star is kind of like, okay, but no, I, I can stay a little bit longer. And then you have this development of both of them are lying to each other. They've never lied to each other before. And they're so funny when they lie because they're like, yeah, a turtle came in the tub. You we, went to we, a turtle's house? <laughs> yeah. And it's so cute because they believe each other. They, I know, because they've <laughs> never lied to each other before. No. But it's even though she's lying, it's so exhilarating to see star who's so nervous and was very scared to go on this holiday really to be convinced to do it having such a good time and i really like that this movie 
yeah, like you get to say they're lying to each other and it does result in a fight later on. We're running up, we're running close to our timeline. So I'm like going to blitz through this. Ah, Um, But yeah, like they're going out and Barb's on this date where she's having a great time with Edgar, but she's worried that Star will see them. And then Star's going on all these adventures by herself and she's worried that Barb will be hurt because she's doing things without her. Wait, 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 Barb? No. Star's Kristen Wiig, right? Yes. Okay. If we've confused their names at any point, apologies. Yes. Okay. Yes. Star. Okay. Yeah. So Star is going like on these dates and Barb's going out doing these things. Um, and I just love seeing Annie Mumolo, <laughs> Barb, go out and have a really yeah. nice time and walk over ashes and ride a motorcycle and meet Andy Garcia as Tammy Bahama. I think like what is really good about it is that it could have went a completely opposite way of like, okay, Star ended up with the the guy and it's like, oh, then Barb has nothing. But it's like, no, like this is not just about that or about that at all. Like one, the two things that they were most nervous about is like Star is like, no one will ever love me because my husband left me, all this other stuff. And then so she finds acceptance and fun. And then there's Barb who's scared of everything and doesn't want to do anything. And then she's discovering herself. So they both have this development that is equal, mm-hmm. which I really enjoy. Cause a lot of times if it's like, it was like, Oh, I was worried. I was like, Oh God, it's like going to be like a love triangle thing. Yeah. But and then it's it wasn't, not. It, it wasn't, it's, it's Barb and star realize that it can actually be fun to do things apart because then you get to tell the other person about it later. And that's really fun exactly. too. And it, the part that, the part that nails it, the part that nails the Sharon villain plot for me is, you know, they there's betrayal and concern, and Barb and Star have a big argument, and then they realize they have to come together and they forgive each other, and all of these things are happening. If you want to go back to any of this later, feel free. But um, it gets to the point where the villain arrives on the beach. Her plan has failed, and she's so mad, and she says, "I want to join Vista Del Mar because I didn't have any friends." And she tries to dismiss Barb and says, "You're a nobody." And Barb says, not anymore. I am Barb freaking Quicksilver and I have been delivered. And like Star finds Edgar, but Barb finds herself. And it's what they oh. both of them needed. Not anymore. I am Barb freaking Quicksilver and I have been delivered. I used to be afraid of a lot of stuff, including people like you, but I'm not afraid anymore. And I know my truth. I'm a phoenix. It's a coming of age movie and a romantic movie mm-hmm. in one. Yes, and, like, and yes. it's never and too late to come of age. <laughs> exactly. And then they get their glimmer back. Trish saves them. Trish is a That's real like- water spirit, and she's played by someone cool. You should watch the movie to find out who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then they go on the banana boat, it's a, and they have a good time. It's a real tit flapper. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think like I think after like talking about it and then letting it per- percolate for a while. I don't know why the word percolate is coming. It's to a mind good a word. It's a good word. Thank you. Um, I I don't think I'd watch this movie again. But if I quote and... it at you, will you laugh sometimes? Oh well, th- here this is the thing. I feel like it's. I think it has made an impression. Kind of, okay, I'm going to bring this back to Austin Powers again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, like, as a kid, again, I watch it all the time. I quote it all the time. I feel like I will quote this film, and it has made an impression on me. But I feel like it will make me upset if I watch it again. Okay. <laughs> so because, because there's just parts that I'm like, I just don't enjoy, mm-hmm. and I don't think is good. Yeah. And, but 
like parts of it and like the dynamic i'd be like oh hey bob Hester. or like talking about random stuff or quoting things like i had a dream where i made I... love to the man on the pringles can <laughs> exactly plain pringles. And I, I like, like everything plain ex- i feel like it's made like it has made an impression on me to a point when i don't have to watch it mm-hmm. again kind of and but if like you quote it to me and i know you really like it so i'm like hell yeah but i like there yeah yeah it's yeah. You don't yeah. need to watch yeah. it again. You just have to accept that sometimes I am going to think about the line at the end when Edgar and Star are confessing their love to each other and she says, you've touched my fart. Oh, what a t- my heart. What a terrible time to flub my words. <laughs> well, exactly. Like, 100%. I feel like I will quote this movie. If you quote it, I will laugh. <laughs> and it's going to be great. And I love that. Um, and that is just where this movie will be in my space. Also, it ends with Sharon becoming friends with Barb and Star because she's been so mad because she has no friends and even Edgar is like it'll be weird for a while but one day I can also be your friend which I think is very big of Edgar I just really enjoy it also Edgar has a musical number and the one improvisational moment that I knew about is Jamie Dornan has a very dramatic song about feeling tormented by his love for the villain at the end of it he rips his shirt off he just decided to do that that wasn't planned that wasn't a tearaway shirt he just ripped his shirt off because he oh, thought it was right for the moment <laughs> yeah sometimes the music just moves you exactly seagulls in the sand can you hear my prayer uh so that do you have anything else you wanted to say about barb and no. star okay <laughs> i i have fun talking about it because it is just so funny so i understand that you will never watch it again I'm glad that I can still make Barb and Star jokes at you. That's really all I wanted. Yes. Again, I didn't hate it. There's definitely stuff you brought I've disliked more. But this is, I, I just, I can't reach that level. That's, <laughs> that's where it is. God, it's so funny to think that all the raccoons in the world are sleeping right now. What? It's an I don't really know more than what I've already said. And some of what I said, I'm not even sure I actually know. All right. So for our closing activity today, also, I, I have a fun connection between this and other previous episodes. Um, oh, that I've turned into a little quiz because this is actually the third film that we've watched that has come from the production Gary Sanchez Productions or its offshoot Gloria Sanchez Productions, which is a production company founded by Will Ferrell. Um, oh, yeah. So Will oh. Ferrell and his former partner Adam McKay founded Gary Sanchez Productions. They've done a lot of movies, a lot of TV. They created Funny or Die. Um, and then they, they ended that partnership in 2019. Um, and then Will Ferrell created a new, like, side production company called Gloria Sanchez with his former assistant, Jessica Elbaum, who I highly recommend looking up. I read a great interview with her on The Hollywood Reporter, where she talks about, like, how she wanted to work in the film industry and didn't really have an in and then, like, just started assisting and eventually became Will Ferrell's assistant back in 2004 working on Anchorman. And then just they worked really well together. So she was his personal assistant for years and then went up to him and was like, I think that you should be doing more women in comedy centric and I think you should create a new production house to focus on women's voices in comedy. And he went and they went for it. And so oh. Gloria Sanchez was created, like, in partnership with Will Ferrell and this woman, Jessica Elbaum. Um, anyways, so the three movies we've watched from from this, the, the Will Ferrell production house empire yeah. uh, is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. Uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, Eurovision song, con- yeah. Eurovision song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. And this was a fun fact for me back when we did this last year, but also Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Will, yeah, he keeps doing, like, 
comedy and then also the occasional horror thing, which is fascinating. Mm. So I have a couple questions for you um, where I'm going to ask you, you know, which movie and it's going to be either Hansel and Gretel, Eurovision or Barb and Star. Ooh, okay. Um, So my first question, which movie had the most successful theatrical release? Well, okay. Because Eurovision didn't release in theaters. So it can't be that because it didn't release in theaters. So, and neither did Barb and Star. So it has to be Hansel exactly. and Gretel. Exactly. Yeah. So it's Hansel okay. and Gretel Barb Star and Star apparently had an extremely limited release. I feel like they probably did a couple of drive-in screenings in California. Mm. So it, according to IMDb, made $14,000 at the box office. Oh. Uh, in comparison to Hansel and Gretel, which made $226 million at the box office. Okay. Um, which movie... Sorry, I don't know why it took me so long to realize that also Barbara Star wasn't in theaters. I was like, I know this one wasn't. I know. Wait, that that one was it. one okay. that was... I know. These movies are actually, because two of them are pandemic movies and one of them is a, you know, eight-year-old B-horror movie, I was like, it's, it was very hard to find questions that applied to all three of them. That's okay. Uh, which movie has the most Oscar nominees in the cast? Ooh... Barb and Star? Barb and Star, which is why I also mentioned earlier that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo were both nominated for their best original screenplay for Bridesmaids. I was... Um, and then the actor who has a cameo as Tommy Bahama, who gives Barb some advice when she really needs it, uh, is yeah. Andy Garcia, who's nominated for best supporting actor for The Godfather Part 3. Uh, Eurovision has Rachel McAdams, and Hansel and Gretel has Jeremy Renner, but those are the only nominees in their respective casts. The reason why I picked Barb and Star is because there's just way more people... In it? I was like, it's got to be that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, which movie has the longest runtime? Oh. Eurovision? At two hours and three minutes, Eurovision. Oh. Barb and Star is an hour and 47 minutes. Hansel and Gretel is an hour and 38 minutes. Theatrical yeah, release. Yeah, because I was like, Barb and Star was long, but I was like, I feel like Eurovision is long. Yeah, long. Eurovision's a long capital movie. L. Um, and then my next question is I was originally planning on doing a which movie has the most SNL members, cast members in the cast, um, not uh. including ca- like not including people who have hosted, just people who have overall like mm. been part of the not ready for primetime yeah. players. But then that actually was less exciting than I thought it was going to be because obviously Hansel and Gretel has no... <laughs> Uh, yeah. no people <laughs> Barb and Star only Kristen and Wig. there's a lot of comedy people but she's the only SNL cast member um, and then Eurovision only had Will Ferrell although interestingly uh, Damon Wayans Jr. plays the bad spy in Barb and Star Darley Bunkle and his father Damon Wayans was a cast member on SNL in the 80s but anyways are none of are none of the girls from the like the talking club in it? I thought the oh, wait. Was, like, oh my the gosh, one. you're right. Of Isn't course, Vanessa Fire. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, anyways, so you heard me. Okay, but yeah, thank you. Actually, oh my gosh, yeah. So Barb and <laughs> Star okay. wins like... with two. Um, yeah. but then I actually this is something completely unrelated to all three of our movies. But this is just <laughs> I was thinking of a fun trivia question to do. Um, that has nothing to do with this, but will apply to I think your overall interests. Which member? of the original Avengers lineup has appeared on the most episodes of Saturday Night Live. Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth has hosted twice, both in 2015, uh, but that is not the answer. There are two. So Jeremy Renner's hosted it once. Chris Evans and Mark Ruffalo have not hosted it, but there are two people in front of Hemsworth. Which I realize I just told uh, you the other facts, so I really narrowed this pool down for you. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, is it 
Oh my, I almost said Natasha Romanoff. And I know like that's not Scarlett Johansson. She actually has hosted it six times. Like she's in of the, like, which is so many. She's been on it seven times, hosted six times, um, which is not a record, but she is in like the top 10 of people who have hosted Saturday Night Live the most. Uh, but actually it is Robert Downey Jr. Who has only hosted once, but he was a regular cast member of SNL for a season. What? Which is my fun trivia fact for you, that Robert Downey Jr. in 1985 to 1986 was part of the SNL cast. He appeared in 18 episodes with Damon Wayans, who was Damon Wayans Jr.'s father. And we tie it back to Barb and Star. This is my fun fact for the day. Yeah, in the 80s, he was a comedian, I guess. I've never seen any of these episodes. I did not know that. That is a fun fact. Yeah. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks, Emma. That was fun. Excellent. And thank you. I feel like this is the best I've done, except for the last question. But this is the best I've done in a quiz. You crushed it. You nailed it. Nailed it. Rock and roll. Um, Thank (laughs) you so much for listening. I'm going to blitz right into our closing spiel. You can follow us on Twitter at HiHo Podcast. You can also follow us on Tumblr at HiHo Podcast at Tumblr.com or email us at, not at Tumblr.com, HiHoPodcast.tumblr.com or email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to me on the Great American Pop Culture Quiz Show. I had a second episode. It's a game show that is a really fun time. Highly recommend it if you are like me and someone who loves looking up production history and knowing everything about a movie and not just what happens in it but also how it happens i recommend listening to this show um their season finale is coming up and it's a really good time and rate review subscribe and have a really nice day yes and remember to like what you like your opinion is valid as long as it's the same as mine <laughs>